Hi, I'm Rachel, and November's offering is titled All the Things I've Killed. Talk about absolution, desire, destruction. Years ago, I carried around torrid versions of my romantic heart. The sound of a motorbike, a line in a book, a hook in a song, a street, a taste, the sun, the rooms, the job, the people, were all like matches scraping against my senses. I used weed to avoid instead of learning to burn through to the loneliness of the flesh. If only for a moment, just to admit that the pain was real so that I could talk to it. Maybe buy it a drink instead of dragging it into some Greco-Roman tragedy and never telling anyone what I really felt. I took my whole body out of action and became the shell of a turtle, viscerally attached to the claws of an eagle. Yet didn't fight as I watched the build-up of stone hardening around my arms, my breasts, my legs. Loosening from grief was a heavy, terse, blue-grey, burning into blackness and cold. All of us have memories scorched into us like scars. Softening was, is a process of ensnarling oneself from all the replays of illusory conversations that will fix things. From the unbearable pull of all the things we still yearn for in the dark. The stories whose meanings we live, but we can never have. And then, sometimes life is more like wondering if music is the same as dreams. A collection of rhythms threading language and images through sound that lure us into becoming more ourselves. By becoming more like another self, or worrying in the shape of a circle about whether the boy whose posts you like on Instagram likes you back. What if he does? What if he doesn't? And it's almost worth the hiss and boiling of your insides when the bolt of lightning strikes the walls of the tower comprised of your own skin, splitting life into two parts, before and after. But before that chasm, deep in the earth of your body, for weeks, months, years maybe, you recount over and over the horror of your life never changing the way you'd imagined it would, and that you've been thinking the same thoughts for years. And maybe you think calmly or panic. This will depend on your temperament, your personality, your dreams. And then you truly, truly know that you are in Scorpio season. Scorpio is one of the perpetual heartbreakers and heartbroken of the Zodiac. 
So there's that too. I mostly get tower readings to learn or feel something new, whether it be about long ago buried stuff, upcoming wishes or touching things that just come out of some place in my thoughts that I didn't know about before. Once, when listening to a lady reading my tarot, she made a confession, received in a reverie, and for a moment I wanted to take the hard-worn paths in my brain. I only knew a few venomous stories that weren't much use to me in this life anymore. But the truth of what she said dug inside my stomach like a set of hot knives. It blazed on in my thoughts for days after, and comes back to me every now and then. She said, Every person that's ever hurt me deeply has healed me greatly. They helped me acknowledge where I was bullshitting myself, where I hated myself, and where I needed to fucking improve. The reader also read astrological charts and spouted the textbook scorpionic buzzwords in reference to things I would be likely to crave, I guess. These were, among others, uh, self-destruction, transformation, change, and love that is based on truth, trust, not fear, power, status, or anything else, whatever that means, whatever truth means. It got me contemplating whether or not our destructive actions stem from an unbearable yearning for connection and about the way we can smother and conceal our most pressing issues because if we told anyone our real secrets, no one would love us. Speaking of darkness, (laughs) in recent times, Chinese geologists have unearthed the remains from ancient rituals the carving of precious jade and soapstone pigs, symbols of wealth, carved into the palms of the dead, currency to be taken into the afterlife. Goddess Freya from Scandinavian mythology taught Odin to make art magical and made a habit when traveling to be pulled in a chariot by giant cats, as well as owning some pigs with her twin brother Freya. Freya's pig is a sacred boar with bristles of glittering gold. Apparently, King Arthur fought a boar with blue and gold bristles, the colours of royalty. In an old Welsh tale, a jealous husband nearly kills his wife's lover after finding them together. But a wandering pig leads the husband to the, ma- to the magician Gideon and to a tree where it is said that his wounded body rests in the form of an eagle. In Western astrology, the pig is a scorpion, and on the Buddhist wheel of existence, a black pig represents one of life's three poisons, greed, ill will, and delusion. And then there are some pigs who live in the Bahamas and swim to neighboring islands and dance and breed with other species of pigs and fight fiercely for their women and grow great big mohawks for the first date and lose it all once they've got the girl 
and <sighs> Nietzsche wrote something about embracing existence so completely with such total ecstatic honesty that we would greatly repeat endlessly every moment of our lives whatever the pain I'm ending with a line that fucked me up from probably the best book I've ever read in years, um, The Goldfinch. Actually, I forgot to say the quote at the beginning of this. Um, you'll have to read it. But uh, the quote I'm going to end with is Sometimes you have to lose to win. Thank you for being here. Till next time.